Hello and welcome to the Global Careers Calls podcast from the University of London Career Service. Your chance to listen to stimulating career conversations between a member of our team and professionals working in a range of sectors based across the globe. So let's listen in to our Global Careers Call. Hello and welcome to this edition of Global Careers Calls. In this episode, Laura Brammer, Deputy Head of the University of London Career Service, calls Zara Kayser, Youth Economic Empowerment Officer for the United Nations Development Programme and based in Pakistan. Zara shares her career journey from a BSc in Economics with the University of London to her current role within the international development sector. If you want to learn about careers in international development, including the main organisations involved in sustainable development and the importance of digital and data analysis skills, then we think this might be the right podcast for you. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Zara. Thank you so much for finding the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much, Laura. So the first question I'd like to check in with you is when you were a student with us at the University of London, would you describe yourself as a career starter at the beginning of your career, a career developer, someone who was kind of enhancing a career trajectory that was already within your sector or a career changer? So um, I was actually a career starter. Um, so before I joined uh, the University of London program, um, I had completed my A-levels and, you know, I wanted to go for a bachelor's degree in economics. Um, so I had wanted to go to the UK <clears throat> to do my bachelor's, but at that point I was not able to, uh, you know, due to various reasons. So earning a degree from the University of London, you know, while sitting in Pakistan, uh, that seemed like the best option. And I'm glad to have had that opportunity. So um, I graduated from the University of London with the BSc in economics economics in uh, August 2016. Um, And when I graduated, um, to be honest, I didn't know where to apply to, which jobs to apply to. Um, I I wasn't quite sure about the kind of career that I would, you know, want to pursue. Um, So the the principal at the institution where I, you know, completed my University of London degree uh, called University College of Islamabad, um, the principal over there, she was a great career counselor as well. And um, so I went to her and she really guided me th- through the career options that I had. Uh, you know, I could go into teaching, I could go into, you know, finance, accounting, or I could go into the development sector. So she put me in touch with a lot of uh, alumni from the institution, um, you know, who are working in the development sector in various private and public sector companies. Um, and I-, I contacted them, got in touch with them, you know, just to learn more about what they were doing. Um, and that's, you know, how I eventually learned about um, innovative development strategies, which is a private sector consultancy firm, uh, you know, working on development product projects in Pakistan. So that's how I learned about this organization. And then they had a vacancy, which I applied for. And yeah, so I got in and that was how I, you know, officially started my career. <laughs> Fantastic. And great to hear that you were able to get some additional support around your kind of career decision making as well. Uh, often, I mean, for our students and our graduates who are thinking about making a choice about their career direction, they'll often talk to us about wanting to have a job that sort of connects with their values. Um, so I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about what is it that motivates you in the work that you currently do? 
Okay. So, um, so that's an interesting question. Um, so I'm actually, you know, a, a half Pakistani and half Singaporean. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that has given me a kind of internationally uh, diverse outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one is a very developed country. One is, you know, one of the developing countries. So, you know, my familiarity with both contrasting economies mm-hmm. it kind of helped me see how countries differ in their development patterns um and kind of compel me to you know think about the the various problems uh, that confront the development of pakistan where i, I i've been living for the past um, 20, 21 years. Uh, So, you know, there's poverty, you know, despite, you know, uh, access to natural resources, there's inequality, you know, there's the energy crisis, um, you know, which impedes human development and, you know, gender inequality, lots of uh, development issues. Um, And I realized that, you know, um, alleviating this economic distress, it kind of demands an appreciation of the the socioeconomic as well as political aspects of uh, the development paradigm. Um, So so that's what I... Uh, that's what I wanted to kind of explore as an undergraduate student. Uh, and, you know, I learned about the the uh, interplay between economic theory and policy and uh, got the, you know, kind of extensive knowledge on the socioeconomic aspects of uh, sustainable development. Um, so so that, I, I guess that was the kind of impetus um, that made me want to, you know, create a positive impact uh, and kind of use my knowledge and I would say privilege to kind of, you know, help help and bring about change for, for those who are not that privileged um, and, you know, achieve the eradication of poverty, inequality, um, as well as, you know, social exclusion. Um, so I think for me, the concept of development at the very basic level is about bringing about positive change for individuals, societies, as well as countries and regions. Um, so I really wanted to use my theoretical knowledge um, and the skills that I gained to uh, through my studies um, and apply those, you know, in a practical context through the development sector. And, and that's what made most sense to me. Um, and I feel that having been in the development sector now for a few years, um, it has provided me with that opportunity where I am able to directly affect people's lives through various avenues, where it be, uh, it, whether it's research or development projects or policy making. So, so, so that, I, I feel like that was my main motivation to kind of you know enter and pursue a career in the development sector. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sarah. And that's really interesting what you were saying about being of dual heritage so having two kind of world perspectives uh, in terms of your own background in terms of Pakistan and Singapore. I mean, and that's going to really connect, I'm sure, with lots of our students and graduates who obviously are from a wide range of countries and different sort of stages of development. So that's that's fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, we talk quite a lot about sort of uh, behaviors in the workplace and one of the things that we recommend and also recommend that our students illustrate on their CVs and on their applications is kind of curiosity and a willingness to learn new things and be open to new things so it'd be great to hear an example from your experience in your field where you've demonstrated those kind of qualities. So um, I'd say that there have been several times when I when I've been you know uh, uh, what you'd call curious in my work and uh, and have to learn new things um, and this was particularly um, in the beginning of both of my jobs. One was 
you know, uh, at the beginning of my initial, my first job, which was at, uh, which was as a research analyst at um, IDS and the second one at UNDP. So I'll talk about the first one. Um, so when I joined IDS as a research analyst, which was my first job, um, I had to learn I mean, apart from the knowledge that I already had uh, through my degree, uh, you know, I had to learn everything from scratch because there are a lot of things that you don't really uh, get to learn while you are studying. So so among various other things, one was uh, writing proposals. Um, And uh, one of the major responsibilities that I had at that time was to draft uh, technical proposals um, to apply for different, different development projects. So uh, there was one particular time when, and this was fairly in the beginning of my job, uh, where um, my a senior manager who I reported to, she was on leave for uh, about a week. And during that week, coincidentally, I was, um, you know, tasked uh, with this particular uh, proposal. I had to write this proposal and um, there were only three days left to the deadline. And, you know, I was faced with this responsibility of preparing the entire thing on my own. And, you know, with someone who, who didn't have uh, that kind of experience before. So I had to kind of really, you know, get myself together, you know, go through all of the proposals that the firm had previously drafted, um, do a lot of research, talk to a lot of people within the firm, um, consult with a lot of people and, you know, try and make an informed decision um, and then, you know, analyze all the alternatives available. <clears throat> so I, I did all of that <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, you know, and then I decided to opt for a particular approach and that seemed like the most appropriate option for me. Um, and yeah, and then I, I drafted the entire proposal. And then once the senior manager returned from her leave, I discussed it with her. And, uh, she, she, you know, she was happy with, you know, the, the proposal I had prepared. So I had to do um, a lot of things in a very short span of time. So not only was I learning how to draft proposals entirely on my own, but also uh, learning how to manage short deadlines uh, to work in within a team and to, you know, you know, quickly do stuff. Um, And while I was in a much better position when I joined UNDP, uh, because I had worked for about a year and a half before that, uh, but, you know, still, I I still had to learn a lot uh, when I joined UNDP in the beginning. Um, And there were two aspects uh, of what I had to learn. One were like, uh, you know, project management skills, you know, stakeholder engagement, um, and the other type of learning was uh, regarding the organization systems and processes. You know, uh, UNTP has its own very set systems and processes. So I needed to learn how to, you know, process cases, how to seek approvals uh, from senior management. And then there were new procurement rules and guidelines that were always being, you know, updated. So, you know, staying on top of these, uh, especially in the beginning, you know, having to ask my supervisor again and again um, and, you know, you know, uh, being kind of scared or asking too many questions um, and, you know, just trying to figure out uh, all of these things. So, so yes. Thank you. Thank you, Zara. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like you were saying, the United Nations development program has got its, its own specific way of doing things. And I, I think many of us can remember that feeling of when you start a new role, even if you're quite senior. So like, you know, some of our career changes, maybe you're changing into another sector, but have, have got quite a lot of experience. You still have to be that new person, don't you? Who asks Absolutely. and maybe asks again and has to ask a third time. So getting used to sort of flexing those questioning muscles can be useful. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you.
Okay, so um, now I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about a question we get asked a lot of in, a, in our sort of careers team, is how do people actually look for jobs in the development sector? Any sort of top tips around that? Okay, yeah. So, you know, having been through the process several times myself, so so I, I'm quite familiar with the, the various um, options that people have uh, to look for jobs in this field. So I would say, um, first of all, um, apply through uh, these national as well as international portals that are available. So there are lots of them, um, you know, and I can speak for um, the development sector jobs specifically. Uh, for example, we have international portals like um, there's DevEx International Development, there's Impact Pool, there's Relief Web. Um, so these are all of those that are uh, that post uh, development sector jobs. And there are others as well, like Indeed and there's Glassdoor. So there are lots of them. LinkedIn is a great platform where you have job postings as well. Um, but apart from that, you also have your, um, you know, uh, there are portals that are available in your specific countries. Like in Pakistan, we have Rosie, we have Brightspire. Um, so it, it's good to stay on top of these and keep checking these portals. I would say not even once a week, like every day, because, you know, you have jobs coming in all the time. So it's good to uh, keep checking them um, if you're looking for a job. And then um, the next thing that I would like to point out is uh, go to specific um, organizations' websites. Like, don't just rely on these portals. Um, keep checking these uh, organizations' websites. Like, for example, UNDP, um, UNICEF, you know, all of the UN agencies, they have their own websites where they have their vacancies posted. And um, usually these are the, this is the official way of applying for UN vacancies. Um, and then you have World Bank, you have ADB, you know, all of these organizations usually post on their own websites. They do also, you know, uh, post through through these portals. But I would always suggest that the uh, best way to go about it is first visit these organiz organizations' websites directly and apply through there, unless obviously um, these organizations have specifically uh, mentioned that, you know, you should apply through these portals. Um and then also, um, so a lot of these universities, like, for example, you know, the London School of Economics or the, the National University of Singapore or, you know, all universities around the world, um, they have a careers, uh, you know, page as well. Um, and they post all of, you know, the jobs, whether it's in academia or whether it's research jobs or, you know, projects, project work. So they have a lot of interesting vacancies as well. And I think that's a great place to um, start looking, um, especially for, you know, the development sector. Uh, there are a lot of uh, development projects that, um, you know, the lecturers and professors are working on. Um, so they're sometimes they're looking for um uh, research associates or research assistants to kind of hire for their projects so it would be in interesting to kind of start there as well <clears throat> and uh, lastly networking so uh, networking is really really important in today's age at least mm -hmm. and uh, and that is online as well as in person so you can do your networking at your university um, you know with your lecturers uh, connect with alumni that has been particularly useful for me when I was um, you know studying doing my bachelor's I connected with a lot of alumni and that's how I found out about vacancies in the development sector over here um, and similarly same for UNDP as well you know um, you you try and connect with people who you may know um, 
alumni as well as people who you may know otherwise, um, you know, friends of friends, um, all of these connections can be quite useful. Um, and today networking is also done through LinkedIn, like everyone knows. So on LinkedIn, people um, not only are jobs posted through the official, you know, the, the jobs portal, but as yeah. well, uh, people also just, you know, um, kind of post about uh, vacancies uh, as just, you know, what do you call like a status or something? Yeah, sort of like informally yeah. almost. Yes, as well. Sometimes people mention so, it. So, so I felt like these, those are really useful as well. Um, you, you can connect with those people directly, tell them you're interested in this job and just generally also let people know that you're looking for jobs uh, because it kind of, um, then people are aware that you're looking for a job and, you know, um, if they come across a vacancy, they might let you know, you know about it. So I think networking is, is um, one of the really important things that we, you know, people should really do if they're looking for jobs. Thanks, Sarah. And what a brilliant summary of all the different avenues. And I think that point you made about there being specialist vacancy job boards, you know, DevX, et cetera, for particular industries. I mean, I know we're talking about the development sector today, but that's going to be true for lots of different sectors as well. So it's worth doing, doing some research around that. Yep. Okay. We also know that that some of our students and graduates are very interested in setting up their own business, uh, whether that's a startup or whether it's a particular enterprise project. Indeed, some of our students already have their own business and might be using their qualification with us to sort of enhance that. And I wonder whether sort of being enterprising and entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial, as we sometimes describe it in organizations, is that something you think is valuable and valued in your sector too? I think it definitely is. Um, so what I would call it, call it maybe would be innovate, being innovative. Um, and I, I feel like it's it's kind of the same. It's very similar. Um, uh, so so particularly for uh, the development sector or in maybe my organization, um, uh, we have felt the need to become more and more innovative um, or enterprising with time. Um, and that's because development challenges today that we are trying to address are becoming more and more complex. Um, you know, whether it's climate change or the COVID-19 pandemic, these are global problems that impact, you know, individuals and um, development programming can no longer do, you know, business as usual um, to address these challenges uh, because these crises are all, you know, multidisciplinary in nature um, and, uh, we need to take a new perspective on, you know, uh, development programming to, in order to achieve um, systemic transformation instead of just project uh, change. Um, so we need to think about new ways of programming that must be human-centered, that must be creative, that must be future thinking. Um, and UNDP in particular has, you know, kind of made a commitment to um, invest in innovative solutions for development. So it's kind of like a part of our job uh, to kind of reimagine development solutions, work with different partners to explore new um, approaches, you know, um, and find, you know, kind of inclusive approach approaches for, for change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, um, apart from that, I mean, in terms of the work that we do, uh, so as part of the youth empowerment program, I work on the economic empowerment of youth, uh, where we try to come up with um, innovative initiatives to equip youth with the kind of skills that, you know, they'll that will come in handy for them uh, in for the future of work and help them find relevant jobs and not just jobs, but also our uh, the, the program, um, you know, it recognizes that today's youth 
uh, is moving towards self-employment. Um, and so we work on trying to create uh, employment opportunities um, yeah. and entrepreneurship opportunities. Um, so we try and, you know, explore new avenues for skill and entrepreneurship trainings to facilitate youth um, and their economic empowerment. So, you know, we particularly work on on investing in trainings and mentoring to kind of equip youth with these entrepreneurship skills. So in order to do that, we ourselves need to yeah. be entrepreneurial, right? Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, uh, these are two kind of two different aspects of it. Um, one is that, you know, you need to be enterprising, innovative in the kind of work that you do uh, generally. Um, but in my particular case, I also need to, uh, you know, think from an entrepreneurship mindset in order to um, help other entrepreneurs out. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's quite an interesting way of framing, isn't it? It's innovation. So maybe getting our students and graduates to think about where they demonstrated that innovation. It doesn't have to be life-changing, but it's, you know, I like what you were saying there as well, Zara, about questioning business as usual, you know, and you're right, the pandemic, if nothing else has shown us that, you know, business as usual doesn't always work. So we've really got to be creative in that space. Okay, great. So last few questions from me now. Um, understandably you know when someone's applying for a role they want to impress recruiters so what sort of tips would you say or what activities might some of our students and graduates engage in to impress recruiters in your sector so um so if someone is a fresh graduate um i would say that during your um studies you know try and do internships um in in organizations that you might want to work with in the future um and to in order to find those internships you know you can you know go back to the tips that i was giving before about finding um such vacancies um but apart from that um try and gather i would say um as many skills as possible um and um like you know data analysis learn how to use different softwares um, because of these, these are things that we don't, uh, we don't always learn through our academics. So it's good to kind of, um, you know, equip yourself with these skills. And um, most jobs today, you know, really look for people who have these kind of skills, especially if it's um, jobs related to data analysis or research. Um, you know, there are lots of softwares out there and there are new kind of, you know, with the advent of technology, you have new um kind of new fields like uh, geographical information systems, you have big data, you have artificial intelligence. So there are lots and lots of softwares that you can learn. Um, and I feel like, I think everyone should know at le- know how to use at least one software, you know, if not more. Yeah. Um, and then apart from that, you can also do lots of courses, you know, um, sometimes you may not be able to study those um areas uh, while doing your bachelor's so what you can do is you can go online go to Coursera go to um, edX there are lots of these you know online portals where you can go and uh, do courses on subjects that you're interested in and might want to you know pursue as a career for example you know um, refugees or sustainable development goals climate change so so that's a great way to kind of um, you know gain more knowledge and also um, I would say that it's um, having uh, good writing skills is really important as well in most jobs. Um, so I would say that, you know, use your time during your, your bachelor's to kind of, um, you know, maybe write articles or, or 
do some research, write a working paper. Um, doesn't need to be elaborated, just to maybe brush up your writing skills. Obviously, if you're interested um, in that, and then you can also include that on your, on your CV. And I feel like that comes in really useful for um, for jobs that are, you know, um, intensive on writing. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I would say that make sure you tailor your CV and cover letter to jobs that you're applying for. I feel like that is very, very, very important. And uh, yeah, so just make sure that it's tailored to that particular job description um, and try kind of, you know, highlight your skills in such a way that the the recruiter is able to um, identify that uh, at a quick glance, uh, you know, across your CV and cover letter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I could, could not agree more. And I, I really like what you were saying there as well, Zara, about the blend of kind of digital literacy, which many of our distance learning students are already demonstrating because of the mode of their learning. But also, like you said, seeking out opportunities to do sort of short bite sized courses that are, you know, out there, open access courses that aren't all they're not only a good example for you to sort of see whether you're interested in that skill set but it's also a great illustration of an interest that can also be sort of persuasive for recruiters later which is which is great okay so last question from me now um you know one thing that we're often talking about is the importance of sort of interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary learning so getting uh, learners from lots of different degree backgrounds together to work on particular projects and, and think about different ways forward and i wonder from your perspective as a professional is that something you also find that is important in your work yeah um i i definitely agree with that um so so in my profession um the international development field is very very interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary in nature um and with time and with the advent of technology and other pressing issues you know all kinds of subjects intersect uh with development you know even even like engineering or statistics or ai computer science sociology anthropology so it's it's definitely a good thing to have a diverse team uh where you can have different perspectives you know you learn from each other um and and i feel like that also helps uh, you kind of uh, be innovative, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and um, you you get a fresh perspective. And not only that, uh, the diversity of ideas um, comes in very useful in in your work as well. You get to implement that in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, in our youth empowerment program, we have started working on climate change as well. So we work on climate change and youth. Um, so we we you know um, kind of um, got in touch with an expert on climate climate change um so you know so that's someone who has a different yeah. uh, uh who, whose field is a, a bit different but you know because it intersects with um youth development so um this is just one example you know we work on uh, although we're the youth empowerment program um and we m- mainly work on education and economic empowerment of youth but we also work with um uh afghan refugees we work with people with you know disabilities Mm -hmm. so um we're now working on machine learning so so i think it's great to have a wide range of academic backgrounds in your team wow yeah so there's a real sort of intersectionality there isn't there in terms of different specialisms and some of the sort of bigger problems that the world's facing are going to require that aren't they and and that's a great insight into into that Zara, thank you so much for finding the time to talk to us today. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our graduates and students will as well. So thank you so much and best of luck with all the exciting work that you're doing in the future. 
No, thank you so much for having me. I'm 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 really glad to be able to kind of you know support uh, the University of London as well as uh, the students who you know I hope find this uh, find some of these tips useful. I'm sure they will. Thanks so much, Ara. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. This was the Global Careers Calls podcast, brought to you by the University of London Career Service. You can find all episodes on your favourite podcast provider and all links and resources mentioned by our host are in the episode notes. This episode was hosted by Laura Brammer. It was edited by Bush Rajanu and presented by me, James Weaver, and produced by all of us. We'll have more episodes coming out in the following weeks with some motivational stories from our diverse graduate cohort. So please do subscribe. And to listen to previous episodes and find further resources made by our team, visit www.london.ac.uk forward slash careers. Thanks for listening and join us next time for a new global career call. Thank you.